picture this. There are a thousand people getting seated, anxious, excited, looking forward to seeing you as the headline speaker. You are excited to empower and inspire and educate your audience. These are a thousand people that have come here to watch you and there'll be new followers and old. There'll be loyal fans and there'll be people who you will inspire to do great things in your niche. Have you ever thought about public speaking? Have you ever thought about monetizing public speaking? Well, today I want to share some insights that I've learned recently so that you can decide if it's for you and if it is for you, how, if and at all, you will monetize it moving forward. And I'm also going to share one key thing that you need if you're going to get started publicly speaking and sharing your message with the world. Let's dive right in. The best way to start this episode is to think about a time that you went to an event to listen to a speaker. There was probably a keynote speaker's name that jumped out of the board at you. I know when I went to Expert Empires last year, it was the very prospect of seeing Lewis Howes from the School of Greatness podcast speak to us live. Now, the reality was it was a 10-minute presentation pushed right to the end of the last day to make sure we stayed until the very end. But it was still worth it because that was why I went. That and if you had a look at the key headline speakers, there was a few others on there that will have drawn in the crowds, the audience. And that brings me to your first lesson about speaking. One thing I've never really thought about before. But when you put on an event or when somebody is putting on one of these sorts of conferences or online events or other speaking events, they're looking for headline speakers who are going to draw in the audience. They're the key marketing message, if you like. The very fact that Lewis House is going to be there will have drawn in the crowds to that event. Now, it's the headline speaker that gets paid most of the budget for the show, the conference, the talk, whatever it is. And sometimes that can be from ticket sales. So if you think about it, you're paying 20 quid, maybe 100 pounds to visit that event. The headline speaker will be getting a good chunk of that money from the event. If you think about it, Gary V, I believe last time I saw, charged 150,000 pounds for one of his keynote speaks. So Mel Robbins, Lewis Howes, all of these people that you're going to go and see speak, they will be being paid headline speaker rates for delivering that keynote speech, whether it's a 10 minute thing, whether it's a half an hour, whether it's an hour, they are the headline act that are drawing in the audiences. So the key thing is if you can get and aspire and have that on your vision board, if that's something you want to do, then they come with an audience. Lewis House has already built his audience. Mel Robbins has her following, her loyal fans. How can you build yours so that you can become a headline speaker one day? And I think that's a really good aspiration to have. So the second group of people that I'm going to talk about that speak at an event are the speakers that sell from the stage. Come on, we've all been to events where most of the first day or most of the first half of the speakers are trying to sell you something. They'll sell you a case study. They'll teach you something. They'll educate. And then they'll try and sell you an offer that's only available until the close of play or until the next 15 minutes or something like that. When they do that sales pitch, they're usually paying commission 
to the event organizer as part of the deal. So you can sell from the stage and this could be one of your ways of monetizing it, but you're monetizing it by selling another product or service that you offer. Yeah, it's that. So Luke is practicing his public speaking now. He's currently reading through Traffic Jamboree. Selling from the stage might be an option for you if you have a high ticket program, if you have um, a digital course or an online or any sort of course, in fact, that's a really great thing that you can do. But notice here, you're not getting paid for the speaking. It's just an opportunity for you to sell your services or products direct from your speaking opportunity. Of course, you could get some new followers out of it too. Then the third type of speaker you usually get at events is somebody who's paid for the privilege of being able to promote and market their services there. So this would be you offering yourself to speak, but to pay so that you could speak. It kind of comes out of your promotion, your marketing budget. It's like an advertisement for you. You're basically paying to get in front of an audience that have been brought together because let's face it, they want to see Lewis Howes and learn from some other people, including you. And you're going to get the opportunity to then promote yourself. And at that opportunity is a really great way to upsell your lead magnets, to add people to your email list or to get people to grab your book. You know, low ticket stuff is always a really good way to draw people in. Low risk because they don't know you yet. They've got to build no like and trust. So you really want them signing up to lead magnets. You want them getting on your email list and to use it as basically as you would use any advert, except this particular one is a high draw on your time and your energy. So that's where you pay for self-promotion on the stage. So you're probably looking at that and thinking, well, so basically what you just said is I'm not going to get paid for speaking at an event because I'm not a headline act, but I might get the opportunity to sell my other services and things. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And this is the eye opener for me too. What you mean? I can't go to expert empires and get paid to share my story. No, probably not. People are not going to turn up right now for Sue Parker. Let's be honest, but I could turn up and I could gain new fans, new followers, new audience, people to my lead magnet and my list. And really that's the key thing is knowing what your funnel is beyond the speaking engagement itself is quite key. But I hear you say, Mel Robbins gets paid for speaking. Yeah, she's a headline act now, but even before you're right, Brendan Bouchard, Mel Robbins and various other people, Marie Forleo, all of those people have been paid for speaking events. They've monetized it even before becoming known as keynote speakers. And they would have done that using corporate gigs or, you know, the sort of local, low-key workshops and, and groups and clubs. So the corporate gigs would be, I don't know, a lot of employers now are going into the wellness and health side of their employees. They've got to be more mindful of their health and wellness since the pandemic, less people are interested in monetary reward and more so in terms of the types of other rewards and benefits that you get, like, I don't know, mindfulness training, yoga, um, meditation exercises, or looking after your mental well-being and health. They've got to be seen to be doing this, and they absolutely should be. I mean, let's face it, corporate jobs are just awful for these sorts of work-life balance, hence my leaving. So what they're doing is they will hire and they will pay companies or to find and source speakers or trainers in certain sectors to fulfill this need. They provide the audience, the audience is their employees. 
They'll also provide the budget. So they'll have a budget. And if you're looking to do corporate speaking, always remember early on in your conversation to ask what the budget is for your type of speaking so that you're not afraid to engage in that money conversation early. And also don't be afraid to turn them down if their budget isn't high enough. Key thing about corporates are, just remember that pretty much if you're speaking to like a head of department, usually like a head of HR or something, they've got a discretionary amount that they will be able to sign off on without seeking further director approval or even CEO approval. Use that to your advantage, knowing that there'll be a certain amount once you've gone over it that will mean they'll have to get extra authorization, but up to a certain amount they will be able to authorize. It might take some time to get through, but it's worth remembering that. And that amount does tend to differ depending how much control the CEO likes. I remember once working for a company where we, jo- we joke not, they had over a thousand employees and they were still authorizing any purchases over £5,000 as a CEO. So they hadn't really relinquished a lot of decision-making and given accountability and responsibility to many people below them. But that does happen. That does happen. So that's the corporate side. Then you've got other groups and clubs that you might be able to speak at. For the most part, you might treat those as practice workshops. You might treat those as low ticket, i.e. people pay 10 or 12 pounds to attend your speaking event and be paid that way. It might be that you do these sorts of events just to gain um, experience, to gain feedback, to get more of a following, to be local and on the ground and get that opportunity to work directly with people. But don't be afraid to ask what is their budget. Don't be afraid to suggest that it should be a paid ticketed event. There is lots of ways for them to collect monies or for you to collect monies and them to help you advertise it using things like Eventbrite. You can set up a simple payment facility where people can buy a ticket to your virtual or in-person event where you speak or deliver something. And then the other area that you should not write off altogether is universities and colleges and schools. The opportunity to educate right at the source. And you might be thinking, see, they're not my target audience. They might not be, but there may well be some adult related courses, some niche courses, some specialist um, courses in your topic, your subject area of specialism that might help to bolster your knowledge, that might help you to feel more confident about the knowledge you have, that might help you to impart it on some younger adults that may once become key ambassadors for your brand. It depends on the market you're in. All of these are possibilities and once you've done it once, you are then on the books and easier for them to pay you repeatedly for further services and further talks and workshops. Now you've got to remember, and this is the one thing that sticks out at me, I used to be a lecturer and one of the things having worked in education you appreciate is that people who work in education all of their life or for long periods of time are no longer necessarily current or relevant to how things are done these days. So if you in your industry are up to date, you're in the workplace, you're doing the things, you are ahead of your game, you've had experience of one-to-one coaching, of scenarios, of clients, of I don't know, therapies and techniques and all of these sorts of things and how they work in practice, then you can offer an immense amount of value to any program of study at a university, college or school. So that's an enlightening set of information about how to monetize speaking. It's something that's on my vision board. It's always been. I have this picture of me standing on a stage. Maybe one day I'll be a keynote speaker. 
But one of the things that I found it really useful to know is how this works, how the monetization of it works, so that you're under no illusion when you're going to events, which ones are likely to pay you, which ones are likely to only provide you with promotion. And then it comes back to why are you doing it in the first place? For many of us, it's about enjoyment of inspiring and empowering others and sharing our message. If you can do those things, is it intrinsically motivating enough, even though it is time and energy draining? Or maybe it's not draining. Maybe it fills you up and you absolutely love being on stage and talking. I know for me, it's been one of the things that just lights me up. I get such a buzz and such a creative energy from showing up on stage and sharing some empowering messages that have really helped to transform my self-belief, my self-worth and my life. And maybe you have too. So I'd love to know, what have you taken away from this episode? How will you be using speaking as part of your financial freedom lifestyle? Take care, folks, and I'll speak to you again very soon. Don't forget to click that follow button and please share with other lifestyle entrepreneurs to spread the message and the word. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it.